Welcome to Alter Your Presents. I'm Alex, and I'm about to get attacked by the cat. I'm Jared. I'm Laura, and I'm on the cat's side. Oh, there she almost got me. There she she is full on like play mode, fight mode. She is going to destroy you. Yeah, she she is. Pay attention to her. No, it is not not podcast time. She says she's down. She came down here first. She knew what this was. She was hoping to stop you. She's giving me the murder eyes like crazy right now. She's like she is thinking about attacking. Don't you dare attack me. That'll be bad. Uh, (laughs) Do it. No, she's, I don't, I don't she's like She's going to, she's like, pay attention. Yeah. She just jumped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why she's mad, but you did something. I, I, I guess. I brought the dog in the house. She knows it's still my fault, so. Uh, <laughs> hello, everybody. If you hear me yell later on, it's because she attacked me. <laughs> the cat, not Laura. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a table between us. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this week the movie Batman is coming out. We're going to go see it tomorrow. At least Laura and I are. I don't know, Jared, when your schedule is going to be permitting. I'm still debating on that. I might just suck it up and go with you guys and <laughs> be tired <laughs> on Friday. Because it's pretty rough going to movies with us is the impression I mean, I'm getting there. Oh, no, no. It's it's a three-hour movie and oh. it's an hour and, and half, then I've got a 40-minute drive, drive. Afterwards, yeah, and we go at 7. So Yeah, I'm not going to. I'm telling you, take vacation, short-term vacation on Friday. Short-notice vacation. I'm telling you, sleep in the Spider-Man room to get the Batman gunk off. <laughs> and then we can give you more of the Kraken drink. It'll be fine. Oh, then I won't make it to work. <laughs> well, then, like I said, take Friday off. <laughs> anyway, we'll figure all that out later. I can go to work on Friday with only four hours of sleep or whatever. Fine. Uh, so, yeah, the movie Bat- The Batman. Mm-hmm. The Batman is coming out uh, this week. So we decided, hey, let's talk about some of our favorite, best, most known, whatever, Batman stories. Because chances are there'll be some a lot of inspiration of the comic books in the movie. Just because that's what they do. And as, as they should. Because it's a comic book character into a movie. They should base off some comic books. Um, now, I'm not saying any of our lists are any of that source material that they're using. But it's stuff that they could use and should use. And it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um so, I will go first because I know I have a good amount on my list. Uh, first one I would mention has been has been a movie of sorts, an animated movie. The That is Batman the Killing Joke. Um, they did an animated movie probably five years ago. Something like that. Um, where half the movie was accurate, half the movie was made up stuff. Yeah, but the book isn't very long, so... Trying to make it an animated movie, they really needed to embellish it, <clears throat> excuse me, or add things to make it longer or time appropriate. Yeah, I believe, looking at here, uh, this contains Batman the Killing Joke stories from Batman Black and White number four, Countdown 31, along with numerous other. Like, it's like a three issue story. So if they were going to do it just the movie, it would only be 45 minutes. That's not enough for a theatrical release. Yeah, I think their original story was just a one-shot. Yeah, it's, it's not very much. And so when they did the movie, they're like, all right, let's add some more stuff that takes place before this. Yep. Uh, I think they were wrong to do so because they added a whole romance between Bruce and Barbara, and that's really weird. Yeah, it yeah. came across really weird, too. Yeah, like uh, they've always had like a father-daughter relationship, not a significant other i i right. get i have understood i understand the whole daddy issues thing but like that's a little bit too far yeah. yeah especially in relation to the rest of the story like some other daddy issues that pop up right like, it, it was no. just awkward all around yeah um i think that was a poor choice for whoever decided to do that they should not have but 
but the book itself, it is a short read. It is a quick read, but it's a good read too. Mm-hmm. It's, it is one of the best Batman Joker stories where it shows like, Oh, uh, you want to say, you know, I'm, I'm evil because of this, that, and the other, but no, all it takes is a bad day to make it. So, um, and he does that to try to make, uh, Gordon commissioner Gordon go. Yeah. His evil. target is Jim Gordon throughout the movie. In the book. Throughout, throughout, throughout the book, not Barbara. Right. And just, I, oh, I'll use Barbara to get to you. Like, yep, uh, she's collateral. He shot her, stripped her, heavily implied rape. We don't actually see it for sure, but it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it, it's it's not a feel good story at all. Um, so yeah, it, it, but it is a Batman story where he is trying to be a detective, trying to be the dark Knight. Like he is all of the, yeah. the Batman in that. Yep. And but I like Jim Gordon in this because Batman may have killed the Joker in this story, but Jim Gordon's like, no, we've got, we can't do it. We have to prove him wrong. You know? Right. Like, cause it doesn't end at the circus where they're laughing and he's like choking him out. Yeah. And then you hear, I forget if it's actually in here or not. Like you hear a cracking noise. And I don't know if that's actual Joker being his neck being snapped or not. Um, let's see. I'm flipping through the pages. Oh, no. The comics, at least the trade here, does not have. I think he's walking away with a Joker. Well, he has. he's holding him in like a Homer Simpson choking Bart Simpson fashion. Holding him by the collar. Laughing, laughing, laughing. Then silence. And then just the rain. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've seen editions before where you has the automatopoeia of crack noise, but Mm -hmm. it's not in the current deluxe edition because Batman doesn't kill. Uh, But yeah, it is, it's one of the best Joker stories. I mean, which is bad, I guess, because he is a good villain of being bad and nuts and evil. Yeah, I always remember it too as a great Jim Gordon story. Like that made me realize how much I like Gordon as a character. I, I didn't, put the two and two together until that, and then he really stands out whenever I see him in Batman stories now. I'm like, oh, he might be one of my favorite characters in the Batman universe. Right, yeah. It's definitely, it's more of a Joker, Jim Gordon, that has Batman in it. Yeah. I mean, even the current, they have a current series of the Joker, that is, the with Jim Gordon, it's more like Jim Gordon, of him being, being, him being hired to hunt down and kill the Joker. And a lot of that goes back to this, like, oh, this is where... It, they really became intertwined with their stories together. But all that wouldn't be possible without Batman putting the pieces together. Like, it's almost like Batman's a narrator. Like, you follow him to see the bigger case. Yeah. And everything. So, yeah, that is Batman Killing Joke. Jared, what's first on your list? Uh, first on my list, um, I went with some of my favorite uh, Batman stories. Not necessarily, like, The Killing Joke or or uh, Death in the Family, some of the, your bigger name books. Um, the first one on my list was Batman Face the Face. This is the... Um, set after Infinite Crisis, uh, during their one year later story arcs, they did that for Superman, Batman, Nightwing, all Green Lantern, all of them. You know, uh, this was Batman's version, and it was a great story because during that one year where all the heroes were missing and basically recouping from Infinite Crisis, uh, Harvey Dent, who had plastic surgery, had fixed his face, he was no longer Two Face. Batman trusted him enough to be the vigilante and keep Gotham in check while he was gone. Well, there's a villain that's killing uh, 
other villains, you know, like uh, the Ventriloquist, Magpie, KG Beast, these other, not A-list here villains, but, you know, ones that can do some damage, um, and framing Harvey Dent, making it look like Two-Face is back. Well, it, Two-Face does come back, but it, he was being framed through the whole thing. It has a bunch of different uh, Batman villains in this story arc. It has some great stuff with uh, Tim Drake, who was Robin at the time, and Batman, them two working as a team so well together. It has a lot of great things with it. Uh, this is where Bruce officially um, adopts Tim. Because his dad was killed during Identity Crisis and he was an orphan, so Bruce actually adopts Tim Drake in this. So there was a lot of great, great pieces in this. It was done by James Robinson. Art was done by uh, Don Kramer. Uh, the art is fantastic. I really liked it in this story arc. So And it's a bit brutal in some areas. So there was a lot of stuff. And Harvey Dent, when he comes to face again, he basically puts uh, nit uh, nitric acid on his half of the face and uses a scalpel to cut it or you know down the middle of his face and everything and becomes two face again so he does it to himself i wonder if he switched sides well did you notice i <laughs> yeah i don't know <laughs> that's a good question now, now i guess but, i forget too was it his whole body in this thing did he get um, all of it fixed or was he always just two face originally uh, during this it was uh fixed surgically in the original how he became two-face i think it was just half of his face and in this one he like scars up his shoulder and arm with the acid okay so i don't remember for sure all the yeah, original stuff but in the cartoon at least it was like his face and a hand because you could always see he had like the bad hand yeah. too yep i always just assumed that like Whatever accident happened to him, he was submerged in half his body. But yeah. I never really thought too much about it till just now. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Batman, <laughs> you know, he he trusts Harvey at this point, but he all the evidence is pointing towards Harvey Dent, so he has to go question him. And mm -hmm. Harvey's like, you know, you don't trust me now, you know? So that kind of drives him oh, him back to being Two-Face. It's like, well, if you're not going to trust me, then I'll just go back to my old self. Yeah, I never thought much about that either. Sorry if I'm getting off on a tangent. Um in the cartoon, I always thought they portrayed that Harvey Dent was Batman or Bruce Wayne's friend first, and then he had the accident. Is that how it is in the comics, too? Were they friends first? I don't know. I'm not okay. sure. Okay. I think in some iterations, but when he originally showed up and everything, I'm not sure. Okay. Question for another day. Yeah. yeah. If you're listening <laughs> and you know the answer. Post it in the it, comments. Yeah, put a comment in. Or comment in our Discord. Because that's the easiest way for us to track comments and respond to that. Because everything else is – there's so many other ways. So, yeah. Uh, Laura, what's first on your list? Actually, kind of the only thing on my list. I did really bad this week, folks. So, sorry in advance. Um, I was really curious to learn a bit more about the Court of Owls because I've heard about it a little bit. But never heard of it before I heard of it from you guys. So, I was like, what is this? group of villains sort of thing and i i had every intention of reading the actual storyline it's like a seven issue series from around 2012 ish and i got about three stories in before i fell asleep so sorry it's 10 years old <laughs> uh, yep, i mean I it's so. beginning new 52 i guess yeah and that was yep. doesn't feel like it's been that long i want to say it was 2000 yeah 2012 because i was working i worked at i started working at the shop at 2010 and shortly after that when they did the relaunch 
Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and just so you know, the Court of the Owls, they, they combine the Court of the Owls to the Night of the Owls, which is Batman yeah. 1 through 11, to get the full story then. That's how they're advertising it now. Yeah, I think that that's what I found to read earlier. And it also, because it was a re-release and it collected everything, it had a new foreword by Scott Snyder, the the author of it. And I really liked that. I was curious, too, more viewer participation or listener participation. When y'all get a book, if it has information in the front and the back that's from the authors, do you read it? Because I feel like Alex usually nope, say, no, nope, don't care. I usually don't unless somebody kind of points it out. Hey, you might want to look at this. I almost yeah. never do. The only times I do is if it's something like I know there's like I want an, I want answers. Like the recent issues of Saga when they came back, I read the letters page afterwards. The, when the first one came back, it's like, okay, Brian gave on and Fiona Staples. Give me a reason why we waited almost four years for this. And that's that's the that's the exception. Most of the time, I'm like, yeah. uh, but to be, to be fair though, I usually read it all in one night. So I'm reading 12, 15, 20 books. Mm-hmm. I don't have time to waste on extra stuff that doesn't actually move the story. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't have wasted time because I read that and didn't finish the book. But I did <laughs> find it really interesting. Scott <laughs> Snyder starts out telling. Like his inspiration when they they asked him, do you want to write Batman? He's like, can I write Batman? Am I a good enough person? Like, can I do this? Like he was my childhood idol. He talked about when he was growing up in New York City, he envisioned Batman as like being in the shadows of his city. Like the theater he went to, that was the alley where Batman's parents were murdered. When he went to the park, that's where... Batman fought Killer Croc like he just he saw his superhero in the shadows of his childhood city and so when he thought about whether or not to accept the job he went back to New York and went back to all these places and he realized this isn't my childhood city it's different now there's tourists there's there's all these changes and he was different too and he's like how is Batman shaped by his city and how does Batman shape his city and I feel like that's a big focus that he makes, at least in the beginning, like that stood out to me more because I read that letters or that prologue to the story. And so it really stood out more that they're always talking about the city indicates this. The city is almost like a character in the book. And they talk about in the newspaper, they have polls from people who are citizens and they say, what is Gotham to you? And people are like, Gotham is Killer Croc. Gotham is all these villains. Gotham is dangerous. Gotham is Batman. And Batman's like, is Gotham Batman? Is Batman Gotham? Like, how how does that work? How does the city affect me? But And he talks about um, changing the city, like improving the city. And I, I think that was a big theme that came up a lot, too, that as Bruce Wayne, he's trying to make the city a better place, less dangerous. And how a better tomorrow is just a dream away, I think, was one of the the main quotes that came up a lot, too. But the other, the real main part of the story that, sorry, I like waxed philosophical there, but since I didn't (laughs) didn't finish the story, um, I didn't have a lot of information about the other parts. But I really thought it was interesting, those other, like, sub-lights. But, um... One of the biggest things that happens at the beginning of the the main story 
is Batman's brought on to this investigation of a man who was murdered and he was like stabbed to death by these very intricate knives that have owls on them. And that's when they start to realize, oh, there's a whole like conspiracy of these people who are... Yeah, I, I actually don't even remember the motivation of the Court of Owls. They and, are a uh, secret society pulling the strings behind all of Gotham. They're the super okay. elite. The are, Illuminati. The Ill, yeah, the Illuminati yeah. that okay. control everything. And we're talking about the, quote, real Illuminati, not the Marvel Illuminati. Right, right. The, the, the people behind the, the scenes. The rich people that manipulate everything just to yeah. do whatever they want. For they're Very, okay. very ancient. Yeah. Okay, I think that's why I got confused, because they're in everything. They don't Mul have one goal. They have, like, a network Yeah, they're multi-generational, okay. controlling the finances of everything. Like, I believe they reveal that Bruce's parents are actually members or initiates. Okay. Grandparents or something, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. His, family, his family has been involved yeah. with them. Yep. Yeah, and they, they also... I think they touch base with Tommy Elliot, who was Hush. I think, I think they mentioned that somewhere. I, I don't believe, know if it was in that story arc or, or I believe, one a couple years later. That sounds correct, yeah. I never finished Hush either. I need to get on that too. There's so much to read and just not enough time. But they also indicate that Alan Wayne, Bruce's great-great-grandfather, was killed in a similar fashion to this body they found by the Court of Elves, like the, the older generation of the court. And... They were trying to frame Dick Grayson for some of the murders, and then they yes. discover, like, oh, by the way, spoilers. Um, Dick was originally intended to be one of the talons mm -hmm. that are, which like, is one of the, Which is one of the hitmen, the assassins, yeah. is what they call the yeah. talons. Yeah. And it, it was kind of weird. Like, I, I did go across the page where I think Batman punches Dick in the face and somehow knocks out that one tooth that indicates that he was a assassin like there i guess there were multiple teeth being pulled out of people that had markers in them to indicate they were a talon or a hit or something and i was like it gets very that's very specific it gets very convoluted <laughs> with clues and detective work batman knew what tooth to punch out right there yeah, mm -hmm. yeah i guess that's i should <laughs> trust batman he, he can precision like dentistry punch you in the face that's right <laughs> he doesn't just yeah. punch you for no reason <laughs> Yeah, another thing I mentioned earlier, because I didn't I didn't finish this story, I knew I wasn't going to be able to before the podcast came. I, I had started it, then I read a synopsis, and then I kept at it, and I think that kind of helped me. So again, viewers, listeners, if you're the kind of person who has trouble following a mystery, sometimes I do recommend spoil it for yourself. So you get some clues along the way to clue you into the clues, that they are clues. And, one, <laughs> and this story – so the whole Court of the Owls is broken into two parts. One where it is where Bruce is figuring out who the Court of the Owls are and what their plan is. Then the second half is Night of the Owls or City of the Owls where all right, he breaks free from their clutches. And now they're going to go – they're from out of the hidden. We're going into mainstream. We're going to take over this whole city, blah, blah, blah. So it's him and his whole family <laughs> stopping that. Uh, my favorite part, though, is in the first half when he's trying to figure out, okay, what's the mystery? What's going on? Who are these people everything? At one point, they put him in a labyrinth to make him go crazy. And in, uh, when you're reading it, you literally have to turn the book upside down to read it because it shows him spiraling into madness. So, like, it has, has you spiraling the book to read it because, like, oh, now you're reading normal. Now it's sideways. Now it's upside down. Now it's the other sideways. Now it's right side up again because you're constantly rotating it in that, that fashion. 
It's probably good that that's just before I stopped when I was falling asleep because I was already not understanding what was going on. So I would have been like, did I drop my phone? Because I'm reading on my phone too. I'd be like, what the hell is going on? I would have thought I <laughs> would auto rotate's not working. <laughs> well, and I don't know. That's the problem too. I don't know with digital how well it does that too versus in print to the actual to give you the you are interacting with it. I, I don't know. That's my moral of like comic books is when you have to do that real life effect of stuff. Like, oh, when the books have listen to music while you read it, or hey, you actually have to rotate and read it a weird way. That's cool to get you another level emerged into that. Yeah. Yep. And also, it's like, whoa, this is really cool. And it, it, it like reinvests you into the story. Right. You are part of the story then when you have yeah. to rotate it like that. Yeah, and there was definitely good art and things in this book. I really liked a couple of the the frames were actually the the owl eyes and yeah. like the the Talon character would be reflected in his own eyes. Like there was just great ways that they displayed the story, like told it to you and drew it out for you. Like, yeah. So it's just cool. So in the end, folks, go out and read Court of Owls, finish it, commit, and enjoy it. It, it is, I would say, <laughs> the best solo Batman story of the last decade. Agreed. I think so. Yeah. There's been some good ones, but there have been some good ones. That one was excellent. But just him by like the only one I'd argue that's potentially just as good, if not better, would be Batman Three Jokers or the White Knight series, which those aren't set in the main universe. Right? Yeah. Yeah. They're not, yeah. Exactly. So, so it's not as fair. A yeah. But still, it's easy to have a really great story when you don't have constraints of continuity or. Yeah getting a character to a spot for the next team to take over or the next story arc to start. Right. Uh, all right. So now that we're moving on from Core of the Owls, we'll go to my next one. Uh, looks like we'll probably only do two tonight because two for each of us. Oh, minus Laura. Because <laughs> she has the one. Because uh, we are going, because we haven't, we've talked a bunch about this stuff so far. Sorry. But my next one is going to be Batman Noel. Um, it is so pretty. I, I forgot how pretty of a book it was. Eventually, when we do this, we'll probably we'll probably read it come Christmas time because it is uh, Batman as Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah, is that done by Brian Azzarello? Uh, I know it's by Lee Bermejo. I don't know if he's no, that, a writer and artist. It. Yeah, that's what I was who I was thinking of. Uh, story story and art by Lee Bermejo. Okay, yeah, uh, it even has like a forward like a, a note like to Charles Dickens, like, thank you for the, you know, the inspiration of this and for, um, what was, what was the story again? A Christmas cr Carol. Christmas oh, Carol. Yep. Yeah. Um, it, it's just cool to see him as that, like, okay, then we see the, you know, his past, future, present, and it is a, it is a Christmas story since Batman Noel as well. Um, but it, it's, it's so pretty. It's, it's, weird and creepy especially like the villains penguin uh i see penguin uh, oh i don't i don't see penguin yet but i definitely see joker in there i was gonna say i think penguin's in this one it's been a while since i've read noel it's been a long time since i read it but i know like it's it's a great one and for a long time we couldn't get it because it was sold out for a while right but it it's such a pretty book if nothing else the art is just wonderful yeah it and when he says sold out, that's pre-COVID sold out. So it was a popular enough yeah. book to sell out. They're reprinting it and everything. I mean, they've always had to yeah. reprint it multiple times. Yep. Laura, I don't know if you've looked at this one yet. Nope. You may not like it a whole lot because the Sorry. art is similar to that of uh, Alex Ross. 
because mm, it has guy. a painting style to yeah. it. Um, More realism painting. But yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's it looks so cool to me. I, I really like it, and the fact that like, oh, we're gonna do a classic tale and put a superhero twist on it. Yeah. So it's a cool one. I know I've read it before. It's been it's just been a long time, but hey, uh, we're doing a, po- a, a volume each week, so. That'd be a good one for around Christmas. Christmas is coming eventually, so that'll that'll be one that we can talk about then. You could do Christmas in July too. Yeah, but, but there are so many other books we could do right. something else yeah. in July. Right? Yeah, <laughs> this one fits so well around the holiday time. So, uh, Jared, what is the let's go let's go through your la- the last one you want to talk yeah, about? The last one I want to talk about is, and I hate to do this because I don't like the writer Grant Morrison. I'm not a fan of his. But he did the resurrection of Ra's al Ghul, and it was really good. His focus kind of on Damian Wayne. Um, Ra's al Ghul is his grandfather and wants to take trick Damian Wayne into coming to the Lazarus Pit and him inhabiting Damian's body, pretty much. So Batman's on the investigation. Damian goes to the Batcave to try to find Batman because he's like, dude, my grandpa's alive. I need Batman help. Runs into Robin, and they have a great back and forth alfred's there putting them both in their places and just some great stuff but um again this is after tim lost his dad in identity crisis so they're dealing with the lazarus pit they've got uh their their main story is batman versus raz al ghul but there's so many side quests on this book that are just amazing you know um after or while bruce is in asia the uh, League of Assassins attack Wayne Manter. They send like a thousand ninjas. And uh, Dick Grayson, one of my favorite Dick Grayson moments is in this story arc. He's uh, in New York or Bloodhaven or wherever he's at and beating up some alley. He's villains. in non-Gotham. Yeah, non-Gotham. And <laughs> Bruce is like, hey, I need you to get to the, wan- ma- the manor now. Tim's in trouble. And uh, Dick Grayson's like, ah, I'm on my way. And Bruce is like, I'll give you the uh, Justice League teleportation code. And Dick's like, I don't need it. And rattles off the code. Bruce like, you know the code. <laughs> so yeah, Dick Grayson hacked the Justice League to get their code for their teleportation. <laughs> you never know. I love that. But uh, yeah, he shows up at the manor and there's ninjas everywhere. Uh, comes to find out that Alfred's holding his own against the ninjas too. Mm-hmm. So Alfred, Tim... Uh, Damien and uh, Dick are fighting a bunch of League of Assassin ninjas in the Batcave and everything. It was great. Um, but uh, there's some great stuff with Tim and Dick Grayson because they're always portrayed as brothers in these stories. And uh, Tim wants to use uh, some of the Lazarus Pit to analyze it scientifically, see what it does to try to re- resurrect his his dad who was just murdered. And Dick's like, you can't you, you know, you can't play God. You, you can't play with the laws of nature. Which and, is ironic. I mean, yeah. from multiple levels. Medicine. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, so they, them two have a big fight. It's more philosophical. And, you know, Tim does the right thing and puts the Lazarus pit juice, whatever, back. But there's some great mm-hmm. stuff in this story. Like I said, I don't like to promote Grant Morrison because I think he's highly overrated. But this is one of my favorite Batman stories and. He did a good job. <laughs> All right. And Laura, I know you said you don't have another one, but I want to give a softball pitch of like, hey, the White Knight franchise, mm-hmm. Batman, the White Knight, Curse of the, the regular White Knight, Curse of the White Knight, and White Knight presents Harley Quinn, where 
Okay, I, I didn't know if you oh. wanted, I don't know if you wanted to say why you liked that series. Oh, or? I thought you were still talking. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't want to like step on your nope. toes no, too yeah. much. I just I, wanted to agree. Yes, te- that's good. I tee you up on like, I know you weren't ready for that one, but is there anything you'd like to say about that one? They're very good and I think y'all should read them. Um, <laughs> I actually, I like them so much. You, you can tell a little bit about our collections. Like I think I've said this before, if volume one is missing, but we have like two through 12 or whatever, whatever. It's because the first one was so great, I've given it away probably multiple times and haven't replenished my stock. And that is the first White Knight series. I think Larry is still reading it. And we should just buy it and trade again because I keep running out and wanting to reread it. Um, But we do have Curse of the White Knight here still. I need to reread it because that one I want to say didn't involve pirates and things too. Like it kind of went off the rails and like it was crazy and Batman ends up having a brother sort of and like a new heir to the Wayne. Or maybe it's not his brother, but like somewhere back in the family tree. You find out that he isn't an actual Wayne. Yeah. The the Azrael family are true descendants of Waynes. There's a a identity swap between the two families at one point. And that's where that is. Uh, Okay. Spoilers. Yeah, I mean, it's been out for a while. So, yeah. But it is a little convoluted. Curse of the White Knight was. But the regular White Knight was really good. And Mm -hmm. the sequel to The Curse, which was the Harley Quinn story, actually really good, too, where it followed her after all that and everything. Mm -hmm. Where they're... The world is not what you normally see in the Batman universe. I don't give away all the spoilers for that, but like it is, it's really good. I I know I didn't read the White Knight at first uh, because I was like, another Batman story, (laughs) and you're like, too bad I'm reading anyway. And then you bought them all, and then the second one came out. I was like, all right, they're making a second one. I'll I'll try the first one again, and I binged. I was like, this is really this is really good. Mm -hmm. I just. I was dumb and not in a good reading mood the first time around. And well, it's kind of what's happening right now with Batman. It's uh, what was the one that came out this week? Oh, um, Batman Killing Time. Yeah, I didn't pick that up because I'm just like another Batman. I'm book. just not in the mood for it. Same here. And so I didn't pick it up. And then you were saying that it was really good. I'm like, ah, crap. It was Mark's pick <laughs> so, of the week. Yeah. So yeah. we may have missed out. I may stop up there tomorrow or something and pick it up. I'm probably going to read it in trade at this point. I'm probably just going to wait till it hits the trade because it's just. Yeah. It's a six inch oh mini. And those are oh. meant to be read in one sitting, more or less. Yeah, in uh, trade format. I don't know. I, I feel like. Every author has a different intent. That would be yeah. interesting to know when authors do and want it to be drawn out or collected. Like, because it's, it's going to happen both ways anyway. Right. So, but you would think some of them would know their their original content that, oh, the first time it's going to come out a month at a time, I should make it digestible both ways. I mean, to a degree, yes. But I think this day and age, more and more writers are like, Let's be honest. It's going to yeah. do its singles, but then it's going to live on forever in trade. And that's how most people will read it as a collected bundle. So yeah. I, I would assume, too, it's easier to write a full story yeah. and then decide, okay, we're going to chop it here, here, and here, and here, and here to make the, each issue. Yeah. And sometimes they get suckers like me who will buy the single issues and like it so much that they buy the trade. Right. And like, yeah. I've already got this story, but I want it I want it in both formats. Right. And sometimes the trades will say will have a deleted panel or something like that added or, back in or something. Or it's just yeah. easier to share with like, hey, yeah. I really love this. You should read this too. Yeah. Here's, Here's the, the complete story. Right. Yeah. 
in our yep. case, easier to find. We that have too. a lot of comics. That we have too. like yeah. boxes and oh, boxes yeah. of comics. And yep. sometimes I'm like, I'm too lazy to go find this. I'll tell Alex to pick it up and bring it home. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, The White Those... Knight. Uh, I know we've talked about it in the past, but the quick version is what if the what if Batman went bad, Joker went sane, and he went good quote i mean he's a politician so i don't know i i question the goodness of that in general but i could almost argue batman's not even bad batman i think stayed the same in white knight kurt or sorry white knight but the joker definitely flipped or at least made it seem like he was oh I, I would say batman went bad because he tried too. to kill the joker yeah he tried he too. like grabbed those drugs just shoved it down his face like I've, i'm tired of you i'm gonna make you od Oh crap! That fixed you. Well, that works too. Like, yeah, he went. He snapped by his own rule, and he tried to kill him. Okay, I guess I did forget yeah, that I, part. I forgot that it was what Batman's intent was there. Yeah, but. and I would say that's a spoiler, but that's the first like two yeah. pages of the first issue. So yeah, it, that's the hook. <laughs> more than <laughs> yep. more than a spoiler. Batman tries to murder him by making him OD, and he turns him sane. Yeah, that's a typical batman thing right there isn't it <laughs> chemical science chemical dependence yeah uh and i so moving on to that i'm gonna do a quick rapid fire round of other books that just stood out to me yeah. um batman it. earth one uh is a new telling of batman but instead of alfred the biggest change is instead of alfred just being butler he's also a trainer like he's a hitman that in spot like full-on martial artist that trains batman instead of him going off to the mountains and training no no alfred trained him he has a bodyguard goes from there um i'll jump into a spitball off a justice league tower of babel where batman has the weakness to beat every single justice league member and it gets stolen by raz al ghul who uses it against them and the last one on my list is Hush, which we did a full discussion about that a couple weeks ago. Hush was one of the and best it's still ones. great, just because yep. it has everybody. If you know any Batman villain, chances are they're in that. Yep. Um, Joker War, that was recent. I want to kind of mention yeah. something Yeah, more that recent. was really good. Um, it was harder to read in individual issues, but I actually, once it all came out, I took all my issues and read them back to back. It reads better in trade, and I really liked it from there. There you go. So... All right, so that is our rapid fire of our best Batman stuff that we can think of off the top of our head. If you have any other ones you mentioned, again, oh, I've got like forty or fifty put more, it, but <laughs> put it in the Discord and we can continue the discussion in there. Yep. Should we? Is it a main thread? Can anyone go on and make a thread of this? Uh, I would say put it within our hmm. podcast page. Batman No okay. Man's Land. It's really long. Yeah, yeah, I believe we do have traded that Nightfall. In the store. Nightfall. Oh, there's so many. There's okay. so many. Okay, so moving many on. Folks. Yeah. Which one breaks his back? Nightfall. Okay. Uh, where? Yeah. <laughs> where the movie where he fixes it just by pulling his body up on a rope. It was Science. just out of place. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't broken. It was, yeah. he, it was like the inversion tables. You just need to mm-hmm. hang a little bit, and that'll realign your spine. It'll be fine. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, let's talk about books that came out this week. Wednesday, March 2nd. We're the third month of the year. Woo. This year's already flying by. I mean, it's going better than the last two years. It's going faster than the last two years because there's actually stuff to well, do. It's going faster. I can't say it, it's going better. Well, right. You know, it's going faster. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, depending on what part of the world you are, it's definitely not going better. Uh, but anyway, before we dive into that, let's go into the books that came out this week. Um, I'll kick it off first with... She-Hulk number two. I know I talked about issue number one last time it came out, and I'll talk about number two now. Um, 
it's a series that when it was announced, like, really? She-Hulk? Why? Again? And I say, not, not, not even again. Why? Other than the fact that they're going to be a Disney Plus series. Um, when I read it, I was like, ah, crap. <laughs> this is good. Uh, issue two. Ah, crap. This is good. So I actually subscribed us to it, too, because, hey, after issue two, the odds of it being on the wall are not great. So I sub- subscribed us to it. and Do we still have one in stock? Uh, I just bought the last one. Okay. But we should be getting more in soon, though. Okay. I'd imagine. I'd like to pick up the first couple of issues to see if I like it also. Um, this one, it starts off with Jack of Hearts, which if you remember him from Avengers Disassembled, where he notoriously came back as a zombie, then blew up the Avengers mansion. Um, he's back. And it's a, why is, why is he back? How is he back? What's going on? His powers are all funky. Uh, Jen's still crashing at Jana Van Dyne's apartment in the middle of New York. And it's, it's a cool story. It's fun. Um, there's one line. He's like, Oh, I, I don't drink water. I'm never thirsty, but I have this weird feeling. It's like, because you're thirsty. Because his powers, he would never need to eat. He never need to sleep. He never need to drink or anything. He'd be, his energy was he would just feed off of absorbing energy, and he do ongoing like, oh, I don't do this. I don't do that. I don't do this while doing all those things involved. It's <laughs> like, oh, I don't eat. I don't drink water. I'm like, oh, well, here's some more. You're, you just drank it like you did. Oh, I don't eat food. Well, here's a whole bunch of food. And the one part was like, you know, you really should let me heat those up. He's eating pizza rolls out of the box. Oh, like, man. And frozen. Frozen and everything. everything. He's like, but I'm still so hungry. And she's like, do you mean to order real pizza? Real pizza? Yeah. <laughs> Ice cream? Yeah. And, and it just, it's, it's really fun. Um, but it's a cool story to see where did he come from. There's definitely some sort of secret organization that has set this up. And I'm excited to see where they're going with it. The art looks good from here. I yeah. was going to say, it looks fun. Uh, it is it is by Rainbow Rowell and uh, Rogue Antonio is the artist. Um, so, yeah, it's really cool. I really dig it. It's a fun story. It's it's a fun light read. And there's definitely a, a bigger picture thing going on with them. That I'm excited to see where that goes. So, yeah, it's two characters I typically don't care about. But I'm hooked because it's a fun story. Uh, Jared, what is next on your list? Uh, Star Wars number 21. Uh, the Star Wars series hasn't been great. It's been very hit or miss. Yeah, it's been hit or miss. But uh, last issue, um, they're, it's kind of dealing with Poe Dameron's parents as they're rebel soldiers and everything. And she's stranded on Tarkin's Will, the Star Destroyer that's been damaged. Um, and she's basically a stowaway on an Imperial Star Destroyer with like the the beast of a imperial officer that's tarkin's protege and she's basically trying to get messages to the rebel alliance do her duty you know all of these things while trying not to be captured and trying to find a way to escape and her husband poe dameron's dad's like hey we're coming to get you you know and there's some great stuff in this i really liked it the art is fantastic in this book um it's the art is by marco castiello and Ramon Rosanos, Rosanos. I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm sure I'm butchering it, but uh, yeah, this is a great book. Like she's got damaged. Uh, she's wearing stormtrooper armor that's been damaged. So 
they're all like, why are, why are you wearing this armor? You're supposed to be an Imperial trooper, you know, have some class and stuff. And she's like, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Gave her her own uh, Stormtrooper designation and just, just playing the part. And it's a really good little – I'm hoping we get to see something like this in the um, – Cassian Andor Rogue One's show where it's like a little bit of back behind the scenes espionage type of story. So it's been really I, I can't wait to see where they go with this. It's fun. The only problem that I had with that issue was the thing that I've seen them do more and more in Star Wars books is calling by them their numbers and stuff where it's like uh, 315. Like it actually has them spell out the numbers and then later on they actually have the numbers as numbers. Yes. And like do it one or the other, right? Not both, right? They're um, like pronouncing the right. numbers in actual word form. Right. Then the next panel is like three, the number three one, right. whatever. I, they've done. The, I've noticed that a lot more with R two D two. They yes. just call R two and they say A R T O O. Like no, no, that's not what they're saying. Right. They're saying the letter R, the number two. Right. Don't do. And then I don't know. It just annoyed me. And then, this one specifically because they went back and forth between pronunciation versus the actual numbers and stuff like, mm, I don't like that. Like same here. If you're going to do it, do it consistently. And right. Like, Oh, well we have the room. So now we'll just spell it out. Oh, we don't have the room because you say a lot of things. So we'll right. just abbreviate it with the numbers. Like, no, no, no that's just not how. do the numbers. Yeah. We understand you're saying the number three, you right. don't have to spell it out, you know, right. Like, Save yeah. yourself some space for the art. Like if I see a toy that says R2D2 and it says A-R-T-O-O, like, no, no, that, that's not how this works. Right. Like, that's, that just annoys me, what they've been doing recently. Like Yeah, and yeah. you're right. They've been doing it in, like, every issue here recently. It's been the last year or so I've yeah. really started to notice, like, I don't like this. Yep. I don't want to go back to some of the earlier stuff to see if they were doing it back then and we just didn't notice. Well, I wonder. So I've noticed it, too. I wonder if they're doing it because of the AT-AT or is it AT-AT? It's going back to that debate. Okay, how is it actually pronounced? A-T-A-T. Some debate. Those people are wrong. I'm just saying. <laughs> it, it goes back to the GIF or JIF. GIF. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> there See? are actual real grammatical rules for some of this stuff, too. Yeah, I know. Like, it depends if they're real names, too. Like, at first I thought R2, when it's, like, spelled phonetically, the A-R-R-T-O-O or whatever... At first, I thought, oh, I always thought it was a call sign, but maybe that is his name name. Right. So that's confusing in their own right. Yeah. But when they go back and forth in the same issue, that's Yeah, they're like, definitely not right. Yeah. One of those is not right. Mm -hmm. And it, and both of them annoy me then. Because yeah. it's the, like, if you're going to be wrong, be consistently wrong. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that bothers me in personal emails, too. Because, yeah. like, there are rules if... I think it's if it's a number less than 10, you're supposed to just go ahead and write it out. But if it's more than 10, use your number keypad yeah. and write it that way. Eh. Or, I don't know, it also annoys me if someone says, lol, no, no, either laugh or don't laugh. Don't Unless you're reading a text that says LOL, don't just say lol in your real world. That annoys <laughs> me. But anyway. <laughs> unless it's a description of like a website that has lol in it. Right. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I did it for the lols. All right, good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the last time Laura's on the podcast. I did wonder if I shouldn't be on tonight because I did such a bad job of reading. I almost stepped out. But you did read another book today. Uh, what is a single issue that stood out to you this week? I actually read Batman Killing Time. Surprise. 
surprisingly, I'm the only one because isn't Tom King a big he author is, that you yeah. guys like? Oh yeah, and he I was like, they had to have read this one. Like the one morning, I don't like. Uh, Oh, what's it called? Like, ask you a bunch of questions before I start reading. Like, what did you like? What was this? What, what are we going to talk about? I'm like, oh, I know he read this one. Nope. But um, it That's actually... Okay. did. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, David Marquez was the artist on this Batman Killing Time issue. I really focused, because I, I didn't think I'd be the only one covering this, on quotes from it, because they made me laugh a little bit. It also had a really complex timeline. A lot of things were happening across a lot of different characters. There's a big conspiracy going on, and it's a lot of, like, while this is happening on one side of town, other things are happening on the other side of town. It's all coming together, and it's a very elaborate, time-specific plot to get things done. And I shouldn't give too many spoilers, but I'm, I'm going to risk this one, because what made me laugh was... The Riddler is with a bank, like, CEO guy named Barrington, and he's holding his wife hostage, basically. And the guy is like, oh, if you harm one hair on her head, and the Riddler's like, uh, no. Stop with that frivolity, Barrington. Many hairs have been disheveled. She's already been hurt. It's too late for that. And I was like, that's an awesome response. <laughs> like, that's good. Don't be cliche. Let's, let's be real here. That almost sounds like a um, Otto Octavius line. Yeah. Like, you don't. Yeah, maybe that's why. Like, Riddler has always been a character I really liked, and he always seems, like, very proper, and he's got his stuff together, and he's mm -hmm. always on time. And Intelligence like, is important to him, so mm -hmm. he always spoke very proper, um, mm -hmm. used uh, larger vocabulary. Use big words. Yeah. Use big words good, he does. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, and the other line he said towards the end of the book that made me really laugh, um, he played on a an old uh, I'm terrible with words too. But anyways, you'll you'll know what I mean when you hear it. Give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Give a man a poison fish, he eats for a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. I like that. <laughs> yeah. It's good. So yeah, a little foreshadow there if you really think it out. New twist yeah. on an old adage. I think yeah. that's no. or proverb, like it's a Yeah. Like advice. But there's a special word for those quotes of advice that you get. But yeah, so that that those were the two quotes that made me really enjoy killing time. And yeah, you'll I wonder if this will be another one, like you said, better in trade, because there's so much going on that you might lose track. And it is only a six-issue miniseries, too. Yeah. So it is a more digestible, smaller piece. They know it's not going to last forever. It is a, from here to here, we're good, until they decide to do a part two of it, like they did The Curse of the White Knight, and yeah. White Knight Presents Harley Quinn, and Beyond the White Knight. Yeah, and with so many of these characters, there's... A lot of bad guys working together. So they're going to stab each other in the back. So that's going to change the direction of the story. Stab each other in the back, in the front, shoot each other a few times. Yep. Feed Weapon them, of choice. Feed them for a lifetime yep. with that poison fish. Yep. Catwoman, she might just whip it. Whip it good. There you go. Uh, last one I want to talk about today is what if Miles Morales number one. This is what if Miles Morales became Captain America. Uh, I was surprised that you didn't have this on our pull list already through the app. Yeah, me too. 
But I subscribed but us to it, so it's okay. I wonder if it's because it's under Miles Morales and what if, and I search Spider-Man. I search Spider-Man. I search Spider-Man. Comic Hub is not nice to Miles Morales. Yeah. And I need to type in Miles Morales. But that's okay. I, we had enough for the shelf, and I bought it, and we subscribed to it, so we're good to go. Uh, this is a five-issue series of what if Miles became all sorts of different heroes. Um, issue one, like I said, is Captain America. Number two will be Wolverine. Um, they have a teaser glimpse, like of a multi-dimensional, where I'm guessing will be the rest of the issues of Thor, Hulk, and the last one looks like really Spider-Man. So I'm curious to see where that one's going to go. But it's re- it's really cool. It's really unique. It was fun. Um, yeah. It. There are a couple things that seem out of character for Miles. I was talking to Mark about it, and some of the language that he used like does not feel like typical Miles. Uh, and I told Mark, I was like, "Well, we'll just take it for what it is. What it is. It's a what if. Um, you know, it's a different writer. We'll just we'll just go with that. It's a what if. It's not the main universe. That's why he doesn't speak the same way because there's different mannerisms because he was raised differently because of this universe. Other than that, though." It was really cool to see him as Cap and then how his Uncle Aaron played into him becoming Cap and the Falcon that's going on with him. And it's really cool. Um, I don't want to give away a whole lot because that is there's a lot of spoilers that are the main plot of the story. Yeah. But it was really cool. I'm excited to see more of them. And this is one of my favorite Miles series so far. All one issue in. But it's cool to see. I love what ifs because they, they didn't do whatever. And unlike most what ifs, this doesn't end sad and heartbreaky like most what if stories do. <laughs> yeah, there are still four more there issues. There are still four more issues, but Give at least time. this timeline, this story, not all that bad. So, what if Miles Morales became Captain America? Good things happen. Jared, what is your other pick of the week? My other pick of the week was um, War for Earth 3. This is a two part uh, series, but I think it's going to tie in with like Suicide Squad and stuff like that too. So I think there's going to be other issues spanning the other. I don't know where it's going. Um, I'll be honest. When I first saw the solicited, I'm like, meh, I don't care. I it was really good. Um, I haven't been reading Suicide Squad, so I'm imagining a couple of things that have been going on. So basically, what my understanding is the Suicide Squad's basically split in two right now. Rick Flag's leading his version of the team amanda waller has her version of team and they're basically at war so amanda waller uh invades earth 3 to get ultraman the evil superman on her side so that's the premise of this story so far um the earth 3 characters were written i don't remember them being this way in the past in other like um Forever evil. Take that incarnation of them. That is like my thought when I think of them. I was going to say for later, what Earth – or how would you describe Earth 3? Okay, Earth 3 is basically you've got your Justice League, but they're all evil. Um, They're versions of each other. So basically like instead of Wonder Woman, there is Superwoman who, depending on which interpretation you go with, like this, she's called Donna Troy. In other ones, she's Lois. So there's some definite – inconsistencies and instead of superman and it's I ultraman been, yeah and instead i haven't batman, been following it but it's still clark and this owlman, is owlman right? but it's thomas wayne and it's not his father thomas wayne i think it's might be a version of his brother or maybe he was born messy. there instead of bruce but but I don't, it's, it's thomas wayne jr pretty much it's like you said it's evil 
yeah, twist Evil of the Justice series. League. Oh, Justice. But there's and I haven't been following it because they're like when they said Donna Troy, I'm like, when did that happen? You know, so I know I missed something somewhere, but I'm it's still Superwoman. I'm okay with it. But uh, Superwoman and Owlman are hooking up, and it's making Ultraman jealous, pretty much. And she's doing that just to get under his skin. But, uh, yeah, the Suicide Squad is taking on their version of the Justice League, and basically it's just to get Amanda Waller face-to-face with Ultraman to give him a proposition. And it's a two-parter, which is really rare for DC to have, oh, part one of two. Right. And not be like an Alpha and Omega sort of right. thing. Right. But they did say at the end of it, uh, to be continued in Suicide Squad 13. So I know it's crossing over with these other story arcs, so I don't know how far it's going to go. Because I, honestly, I didn't think I was going to like it or, you know. But there it is. Yeah. And I will say this. The cover is misleading because uh, it's got Nightwing in between their, our version of Talon, which is kind of like an owl. And Owlman. And Nightwing's not in the book at all. Ah, uh, how so, dare they? But he's probably going to play a part later on. They, you could say that they decreased and teased you. <laughs> is what you can say. <laughs> you were not ready for that one. No, I was not. <laughs> on that note, Laura, what you got? <laughs> um, the other issue in singles I read this week that was new was Devil's Reign Spider-Man number one. Thinking, oh, it's like a one-shot, it'll be self-contained and all this. It is not. It really does tie in Mm -hmm. a whole lot with everything else. So don't be misled by the number one. Catch up on your, I believe, Spider-Man and Devil's Reign before you get into this too much. Although I guess it was kind of a decent standalone Rose story. I don't know how many people remember who the Rose is. Very few people. I did not know who it was. Yeah, I was just like, okay, it's just this random... Villain to me that is related Actually, to Kingpin. Yeah, I am I trying like to remember the how they tied that oh, up. I'll I'm not going to spoil <laughs> it, but I liked that. That was neat. I'm starting to wonder now if they ever do actually say he is the Rose, or if I just knew that. I don't think they actually. I said don't that. think they said it because I didn't know who it was hmm. unless kept, I missed it. Because he just kept saying my father, my father, yeah. but not actually saying who his father is explicitly. I don't think. Well, even even if you just know who his dad is, is that a spoiler? Can I say? I think he does say it some yeah, point. Yeah, you can say it. And I, I feel like if you know, you know. And it, But basically, the Rose's dad is Wilson Fisk. And this main story is about the Rose planning to take over Fisk's empire and prove that he's the better Fisk. That he, might, He's the yeah. newer, better kingpin. Not yeah. just Fisk. Like, oh, because Wilson Fisk is going straight, quote, unquote, so he's getting out of the criminal world, and he needs someone else to take over for him. So why not have a son? But that's why oh. that's from the son's point of view. He's like, oh, if he's getting out of here, then I'll take over. Oh, I guess I didn't take it. That uh, that's way. the way I took okay. it. That's the way I thought too. But oh, okay. I wasn't sure if I was on the right base because I didn't even know who the character was. Right, that's just <laughs> what I interpreted. Right. You know, I took that from reading the previous uh, Dark Reign or Devil's Reign of like, oh. Fisk says, I'm, I need to go straight and you get clean, blah, blah, blah. Then Rose is like, well, if he's out of the crime game, boom, this guy can take over then. I can I can do my thing and take over since he's out of the business. Yeah. And I would say if you don't know who the character is and stuff like that, you're still okay reading it because I did fine. I was mm-hmm. able to put pieces together and I really liked it. It was fun. Yeah. I think it just makes more sense when you're like, oh, his son. Although I guess I – Part of probably what I was doing wrong was thinking that he was more malicious. Like, he's not just 
taking his father's place. I thought that he was eliminating his father so that he could gotcha. take his place and not have any worries about repercussions Which either. could be. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe I'm just assuming the worst of the Rose. That's fair. He's a fisk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, that's fair. So yeah, that is yeah. Spider-Man. That yeah. was right. I also, I want to throw out there, I thought it was really, he had a really pretty suit and he was all obsessed with like the drip of his clothes and I thought that was kind of fun too. He definitely has the Fisk white suit complex. Like. I never thought about that, but yeah. Ha- yeah, he has are. that. Like, oh, it runs in the family. Like, no, no, we look good in white suits because we can pull it off. Mm-hmm. And, but he's got, a, he's got like a mix between Kingpin and uh, Nemo or Zemo with the whole yeah. purple mask, like yeah. when I first opened, I was like, "What is Zemo?" Do? Oh, okay. Like yep. I, it got me for half a second. Like why? Uh, uh, okay, yeah. we're good. Didn't have the stripes. Yeah, but I think that's another reason why Drip came to mind because Zemo and his teaching me what the word Drip meant with his dancing <laughs> in the TV series. Uh, so yeah, those are our books that came out this week that we really enjoyed. Hopefully, that gives some insight to you guys, and hopefully, you like them as well. Uh, we'll be moving on to a quick discussion of our book of the week or our graphic novel of the week, which is Thor volume one, uh, by Donnie Cates, I think. Is yep, right? Yeah. Uh, issues I one through six. If you don't want spoilers on that though, and you want to get ready for next week, <laughs> next week's book is operation dragon is what we're talking about. And we decided that based off the cover alone, pretty uh, much. What's that saying about judging books by the covers? The saying is they look cool. Yes. Uh, and this is, looks like world war two with a guy riding a T-Rex shooting at each other. And it looks ridiculous and awesome. And the art looks fantastic. It, it may be very similar to that of the Vampire State. It may building, suck, but. Where, well, not necessarily suck because this one does have vampires, but it may be over the top <laughs> and ridiculous. But like, okay, this is a fun light read because yeah. it's it's so weird. Yeah, it's it looks very art heavy. So yeah, so a lot that, of good stuff. Yeah, just flipping through the art looks cool. It looks like it's going to be a light read, very little dialogue, but who needs dialogue when you got T-Rexes in World War II? Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, again, that is Operation Dragon. We'll be talking about that next week. Uh, so this week, Thor, Volume 1 by Donny Cates. Uh, first impressions. I love the intro where it's um, him kind of narrating and basically saying um, the War of the Realms is over to every single realm. And it crashes on Earth. And well, Mjolnir is flying yeah, through each realm right. from Asgard. Right. Bearing the message. Right. And it crash it, it hits Earth, but it goes through a giant monster that the remaining or the other Avengers are fighting and just kills the monster instantly. I love Tony Stark. He's like, anyone got a Sharpie? You know? <laughs> so, yeah, I was so thinking, confused. They can write on it well, before he get, calls it back. So there's two things about that. Like, yes, he, he wrote, nice shot, enjoy your retirement. However... He wrote it upside down yeah. because the way it landed was handle up and it was written so Thor could read it while holding the handle and the head on top. Like, That's so, a good – I didn't catch that. Yeah. So it's like was he holding on for a little while so he could write it or did it hover or did he just like have him doing a headstand like writing it upside down That's what a, I, I didn't that. catch that. That's a good catch. So, I can confirm it is sometimes easier just go ahead and write upside down. So yeah. I bet he was doing the handstand. I mean with that he could have just been like, all right, Iron Man super going through space. I'll write it while it's flying back. Or oh yeah, I didn't think about that. So yeah, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> I did not read Thor before this, or um, I didn't read War of the Realms. I think I picked up like the first issue, and I'm like, yeah, this isn't for me. Uh, but 
it wraps it up pretty it well wraps the first it couple up. pages. It mm-hmm. tells you hey, the War of the Realms is over. We won. Odin I'm, is dead. Yeah, Odin's dead. Uh, Asgard, as we know it, his father's version of Asgard has fallen like the gold and stuff. So he's basically doing the trees and stone and very Thor elemental. is Odin. He's missing yeah. an arm, missing an eye. Right. Uh, I thought it was a great intro to everything. Then and the book just built off of that and did a great job through there. It was an awesome story. And then we see Galactus come crashing down. Like, yeah, hey, as he's getting ready to give a speech. His inaugural speech, like as his first real speech as king. And Galactus comes down and crushes everybody that's there. It's just cool. Like, all right, they're getting ready. After they, after he crashes down, they amass the armies, getting ready to confront him. You see Galactus has seen better days. Uh, yeah. he's well, not even amassing the armies. Thor just jumps at him. It's like, you dare, you know? Well, he's, he calls in all the heralds of Galactus too. Like, Hey, oh, yeah. Later on. What, I see what you're saying. What's, yeah. What's he, what's going on here? You know, why would, you know, what happened to him? And then they go up to fight him. Like, Hey, what's going on? And Galactus is, is almost dead. I mean, he's missing one of his weird horn, his horn, horn hockey puck sticks or hockey sticks <laughs> on the side of his head. He's missing an arm. He's all bloody. And he's like, oh, the darkness is coming or the forever the winter. black winter. The black yeah. winter is coming and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Silver Surfer shows up, but he's in black. Sil- and Silver I Surfer been, black. Yeah, I haven't been following Silver Surfer at all, so that was new to, to me. To yeah. see why he's black, you have to read Silver Surfer black, apparently. Yeah, I did suggest that maybe that should be one of our future book club things, too. But it didn't matter. I knew exactly who it was. It was a guy floating through a wall on a giant surfboard. And they called him Norinrad. Yeah. Yeah. Big drop. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But the issue ends with, uh, you know, like I was saying, I saw it's coming. It's going to be the death of all of us. I saw Thor. Hits him with a big old blast. He's not attacking him. He's turning him to a herald. Yeah. Herald of Galactus Thor. Herald of Thunder. And... The suit looks really cool on Thor. I liked the suit. I'm not usually a fan it of Tiara, drips. but that does look cool. Uh, it fits with him. Like, it, it straightens out his hair. It clean shavens him. Like, <laughs> it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, oh, why do you not look that all. much different? But, okay, sure, fine. Not at all. But he still has the sim- – he has this new Asgardian symbol on his chest. They describe it in the first the couple rune. pages. It's a Nordic rune. It's got the um, – it's like a tree and a thorn type of thing where it looks like a pea, but the top of it's extended. Yeah. So he's got that on his chest. Uh, then issue two, we get more of the story of the whole uh, – what is the, the – The Black, Black, winter, Black winter, what it is. Which I love the fact that it shows them destroying the DC universe. Is that what that was? That is, I thought so because I'm like that looks like Metropolis. That but it is Metropolis. Have to say that. I mean, you don't, you can't see it, but like that is super. That is definitely Superman flying. That is Green Lantern dashing and Flash, and flash dashing towards it. Also, like that is a <laughs> subtle. And shot it could be the Batman in in the shadow there because there's a there is a shadow character there. Yeah, and there's a line looks like it might be a rope. Yeah. Oh, that's that, funny. That's definitely them taking shots at. Oh, we had to destroy a universe before. So, based off of this, Galactus is from DC Comics from a certain point of view. Because that was his old universe that he was in. Oh, that's great. Yeah, they did say that he survived the destruction of... That universe. Oh, a universe, and then he was going to to survive this one, Or or be destroyed in this one. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the universe he came from. Uh, Jump back into the present where... uh, 
Herald of Thunder Thor, where he is not putting up with uh, Galactus's. No, he's got the power of Thor, the power of Odin, and the pa- uh, the power of being a herald now. So Thor's juiced up. And when yeah, him I'm- and Galactus have a fight, he's like, "All right, fine." Throws hand, throws Mjolnir, th- destroys his one remaining good hand, like blasts out his kneecap with the with Mjolnir. Also, is like, "No, no, you may say this, that, and the other, but I'm, I, you may think I'm working for you, but I'm still ultimately working for me and my my yeah. people." And which is impresses me because I thought part of becoming a herald that that erased some memories that you didn't always know. What your life was before you I were didn't catch I, that because I, I thought Silver Surfer always knew his past. Not always, at I, least in the cartoon. I don't okay. think it necessarily erases your his, your memory, but it has a mind control effect over you. So maybe it's like Jedi mind tricks, like oh, only the weaker of mind can be a subject to it. Versus Thor is like, no, no, I I'm still in control because I am what I am. Yeah, that could. That's be. what I took at least. Because yeah, I know. Um, Silver Surfer had like an intent when he became Harold, and then he almost immediately forgot his purpose, right? Because he was kind of brainwashed, but it came back later. But it took time. Yeah, I, but I, Thor's got it right away. Yeah, I, knows, I think it has knows a what sort he's of about. Influence, yeah, and yeah. I would say just Thor is a better of mind because he's, like I said, the power of Odin, the power of Thor. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah, Norn Red was just a man. Right. right. And the premise of this is basically. Um, so the Black Winter has destroyed multiple universes and everything, and Galactus has survived two of those. One, one and one and a half. Yeah, <laughs> but um, so they have to get Galactus like, powered back up so like, he can face, so they can fight back against the Black Winter. And it's much. five super planets. Yes, like <laughs> that. All the other heralds have kept from him because they know right. if he gets it, then he'll become too powerful. Right, and basically it's. Um, Thor's like, okay, if you're going to consume these planets, we're getting everyone off first. So basically Asgard is taking on refugees and everything like this, and they're going after the planets that, that way. And so. has the one of the best characters, uh, and that is the- Spider-Man? I said one of the best, not the best. <laughs> uh, that is Thor's dog. Yes. Mm-hmm. Has uh, some great stuff with Volstagg. Thor- I believe his name is Thor, right? Uh, yeah, blah, blah, Thor. Yeah, yeah, where he's like, "Oh, we we can kill them, right?" He's like, "No, we can't stop doing." That. Like, he's just Bad he's job. just fun. But uh, he, it, I love the language in this. He's like, "I know, kill Asgards." Yes, you know, with a little bit of a lisp but type a, thing. He's like, "No, as, Asgardians." Asgardians. Like, oh, so, whatever, close enough. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. But yeah, trying to keep this PG still. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Main story again, because uh, we are running long. A uh, no whole, whole bunch of planets that they need to destroy to stop this. Eventually, he does get to, he, you know, Galactus does get to them. Uh, there is some drama along the way with Beta yeah. Ray Bill. And Which other. was great stuff because Beta Ray Bill's like, hey, why are you doing this? And Thor's like, I'm doing this because I have reasons. Well, <laughs> why are you doing this? You're under their influence. And then Thor cast out the power of Cosmic. Galactus' power is like, no, no. I'm using this because I chose to. Yeah. He doesn't have control. Like, that was just, you've never seen a herald, you know, dissipate the power before it's usually oh galactus will take it away thor's like no boom i don't need this to beat you up right just i'll still beat you up but it'll make it easier if i had it sure but i don't need that i'm still in control i like lady sif in this too and she's the now she's the conscience yeah like hey you know yes you're doing this however don't lose focus don't have collateral damage just because you are who you are 
Like, yep. be mature still. Uh, but yeah, it, a whole bunch of that. Then, of course, you get the big final fight with Thor, Galactus, and the... The Black Winter, Black which Winter. was a dark version of Thor at the end. They took the form of Thor. See, for me, I kind of took it as shots fired against the Fantastic Four movies, where Galactus was a big ball was, of dust. Oh, that's a good analogy. And this was a big ball of black dust that yep. was like going against Galactus then. I was like, oh, that's yep. what I'm taking it as. I don't know if that was their intent. Well, I liked Thor. He basically used um, Galactus as a bomb to take out. Well, I'm just saying, I, I take that as Donnie Cates making fun of the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, you want to turn right. Galactus into big black dust? Or whatever. All right, fine. We'll make the big black evil a big black dust yeah. going against Galactus. Yep. I think that's cool. They did a really good job with it, though. Yeah. But and I liked uh, the Black Winter could make you see how you were going to die. Yeah. And his vision was really neat. Well, and uh, a sub, uh, a B story through all this was Mjolnir is getting heavier and heavier. Yes. What's going on with Mjolnir? And at one point, Loki picks up Mjolnir. I didn't think he did. I think he grabbed the handle as Thor started to recall it, so it was lifting up because when no, he no. when he picks it up, it just kept going. No, no, he picked it up when was able to like he said. Oh, very interesting. Where is the? Do you know how far back that is? Well, just right Here, there. Yeah, let me see. It was like just very interesting. Oh, he is picking. He that picked up. it up, and then it came back to Thor. You're right. Uh, which I, I'll be honest, I did read a little bit ahead of this before. I haven't read all of it. But that is a future storyline of what is going on with Mjolnir. Like okay. That's, I think that's the focus of volume two is what's up with Mjolnir now. Like it was teasing this volume, next volume, that actually address it more so. Uh, but it was cool to see, I mean, Loki was briefly help meal, wield Mjolnir. Interesting. Or as he said, very interesting. And then, yeah, uh, what better way to defeat the darkness than a bomb powered by Galactus? Yeah. It worked. <laughs> it worked. And then Galactus's helmet slash skull? Is like the house of his throne room? Or is the gateway <laughs> to gateway it? to his throne room. <laughs> like, what a first impression. Like, hey, come over. Is that the... Yeah. Okay. Let, let's... Okay. Uh, Thor, Thor's a uh, power puncher. It, <laughs> so. it is the helmet, and it looks like it's around the life tree, the all tree. Yeah. And that's well. where his throne is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was like the entrance to his throne room. Uh, so yeah, that's volume one. Um, all right, let's do the part that we've been doing recently out of five scale rating, one being off of five being the best. How would you rate this? I would give it a five. I really enjoyed it. And that's from somebody who's not a Thor fan. I mean, the movies and stuff are great. Right. But as, comic but as the comic books, I never really got into Thor. Laura? So. I didn't actually finish it. So I don't know if I count. I mean, I should give it like a four just because... I didn't finish. Yeah, rate, rate what you've read so far. <laughs> For me, yeah. I wouldn't give it a four out of five um, because it's not everything, everything. It's a lot of build up to see where it's going next. And that's just the nature of an ongoing series. Right. Um, it, this didn't have a climactic, this is the end. All right, now we'll do a new story. This is very like, all right, this is the end for now feeling. It's, it, it's Very the, much so. It ends with a to be continued. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But – but I was okay with that. It's like I knew the story continues and, you know, if we want to start reading volume two, I'll I'll pick it up at that yeah. point. But I thought it was great the way the final uh, – it built and built and built and you had this final battle and just a cosmic blast of using – I wasn't expecting him to use a Galactus as a bomb. And I'm like, oh, that's mm-hmm. a great way to take out the villain, you know, that <laughs> – yeah. 
Well, and he's so. back to being regular Thor at the end of the two. He's not right. Harold anymore. He's not all yeah. glowy and sparkly. He is back to like, all right, right I'm- all father style Thor. No, he yeah. is still healed. He has his arm back. He has his eye back. That's he's back to normal. Yeah. but he's not super sparkly anymore. Right. But yeah. So that is Thor Volume One by Donny Cates. Again, next week, if you want to read along with us, Operation Dragon is the volume. Uh, again, it looks ridiculous. It looks fun. <laughs> oh, I'm excited crap. to read. It. It looks very pretty. To the part where I always forget and I did forget. Me too. that is the part that we're talking about is our Heroes of the Week, be it comic book related or otherwise. I'll go first to buy you both a little bit of time. And I'm going to go with uh, Jonathan and Martha Kent. Uh, Specifically for what they did in Dark Knights of Steel, issue number five that came out this week. That was another one of my picks of the week that we just didn't have time to talk about. Uh... I don't want to give away spoilers because it's towards the end that they show up. Other than I guess that's kind of a spoiler. But either way, <laughs> it's really cool. I'm excited to see where they're going. So, yeah, I'm going to go with them. The good old Kents, they're always they're always nice people. I'll put it that way, no matter what timeline and what universe <laughs> they're in. So, I'd buy as much time as I could for you guys. It's up to you to go decide who's going next. I'll go next. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Shara Bay, who is Poe Dameron's mom. She... Killed it in this latest issue of Star Wars. She was really good. And she was one of those undercover, correct? Yes. She's the one stranded on the Star Destroyer, basically sending out secret messages to the Rebel Alliance and stuff. So she's the big stowaway. All right. All right, Laura. We watched as much time as we could. I think I'll go with Donny Cates because I forgot to mention earlier when he wrote Thor, but he also wrote Venom. And he's been relaunching the Venom series for, I guess, a couple years now and doing a really good job of... Like reimagining who Eddie Brock is, making him a father with uh, Dylan. Sorry, I forgot. Forgot the new Venom's name too. And I'm pretty sure Donnie's still writing the new Venom, where Dylan Brock is Venom, and our other Venom is like the the Black King, yeah, taking over King everything. Man. Yeah, sorry, that's great. But, but yeah, we'll go with Donnie Cates. He's Sounds doing a good. lot of. A lot of good things now. I mean, it makes sense, but there's how many venoms roaming around there? Mm-hmm. There's one. Got a hive mind Th- type. There of are thing. red ones too. I'm like, yeah, I didn't. <laughs> from the from the that was a reference to the movie, the the Venom Two movie. But it's yep. just, it's a lot. It is. So yeah, with I, that being a lot, this is a full length episode. We were short the last couple of weeks, but this is we're full made up again. for it. Yeah, I'm here to fill in the fat. Something like that. Uh, So uh, we'll say thank you for listening. Thanks for sharing the podcast on your social medias. Hint, Uh, hint. Thanks for engaging us on our social medias. Hint, hint. Thanks for engaging with us on Discord as well, because that's easier and actually relevant than MySpace. But we do still have a MySpace if you want to log into that. We don't know if you're communicating with us on that. Yeah, we don't know. You need to add me as a friend. I I tried the one day. I couldn't see it. I don't know. So (laughs) anyway. Uh, thanks for listening, thanks for sharing, and we will see you all next time. Inkblot didn't attack me. <laughs> she Yet. tried. She tried. I mean, there she, was once where she was leaning oh, up. Oh, at the beginning, I, I saw no, her. No, I mean, like, uh, oh, yeah. halfway through, she's... She was really I thought she was going to try to bite you there for was, a second. She just kept leaning, and then she just well, backed up and laid back down. Well, she does actually. Like, she like leans, 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 and then just full on it. Just oh, she jumped at you oh, at the she, beginning. That was hilarious. I thought she was going to.